Hello and welcome to Locked On Flames, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kristen Anderson, and thank you so much for joining me and following along with this massive, massive story that has been ongoing this week. It's a story that has so many layers and it's messy and it's complicated and maybe you just want to write this off as a terrible racist isolated incident and be incredibly offended by the words that Bill Peters used over a decade ago or about a decade ago when he was a head coach in the minors. In a lot of ways, maybe you should, but I really encourage you to look deeper into this and consider all sides of the story. It's incredibly messy like I mentioned it's incredibly complicated and it evokes so many different emotions and I understand that and I'm also understanding of the fact that you like me probably have been wondering how much worse could this get since Monday's tweets emerged from former NHLer Akeem Alou who brought his story forward when he was being coached by Bill Peters with the Rockford Ice Hogs but this story has really rocked the hockey world and it's been shining a light on it, hockey culture and its treatment of players and the roles of the head coach in hockey as we know it. And it really did get worse, I think, as the week has progressed. It was a tough, tough couple days for the Calgary Flames organization as they've been investigating into claims of a racial slur during Bill Peters' minor hockey league coaching days. And also there's been some physical allegations against Bill Peters from his time with the Carolina Hurricanes. So it has gotten worse. The floodgates have opened as other players, most notably Michael Mikel Jordan, came forward and brought light to an issue that happened when Peters was the head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes. Jordan said on Twitter on Tuesday that Peters had kicked him and punched another player in the head during a game. Allegations which current head coach Rod Brindamore confirmed on Wednesday so yes, it has gotten worse. There's so many different layers to this. And on this podcast, we'll try to break some of it down. We'll talk about this story and how it's progressed in the last 24 hours and what lies ahead for the team for the rest of this week. Thanks again for joining me on this Thursday. So we have heard from Akeem Alou, who brought his story forward in the form of tweets on Monday about his time with Bill Peters who was his coach with the Rockford Ice Hogs about a decade ago. So that was the Chicago Blackhawks farm team. We saw footage of Akeem Alou outside the NHLPA office in Toronto. So his his story is still to come, I think, in a little bit greater depth. TSN talked to him on Tuesday, a day after he had sent out the tweets. Is Twitter the place for him to necessarily come forward with his story? Maybe not, but it's... It opens up a door for players to share their story in a way that's very public. Um, you can criticize Twitter as much as you want. You can Twitter criticize social media as much as you want. But it does give players an avenue and people an avenue to share their side of the story. So he sends out the tweets on Monday. TSN talks to him on Tuesday. The Calgary Flames, we've heard from the Calgary Flames who have called this allegation repulsive and said this is a subject matter that has no place in their organization. They've been conducting their own independent investigation all week. And so we have to 
imagine that behind closed doors, there is a process to go through. Legally speaking, they've had to check off a few boxes when it comes to moving forward and proceeding and, and take a legal um, approach to this and cover all of their bases and check all of their boxes. So that's why the team has been relatively silent all week. We have heard from Brad Living. You have to think that this organization is under some type of fire and pressure from the outside world to A, make a statement in in light of these racial allegations, in light of these physical abuse allegations. That's what it is. That Nobody said that word, but um, you have to look at that. Although the Carolina Hurricanes, so I'll talk a little bit about that later, but the Carolina Hurricanes have acknowledged or, or did acknowledge at the time what had happened. It's complicated, and, and this is where it gets really messy, is that there is a legal process to take. They have to investigate whether they can fire Peters with just cause. Some legal implications here with the way that they go about their business in the way they handle this situation with Bill Peters. The Flames on Wednesday night, we hear all this confirmation from Rod Brindamore. The Carolina Hurricanes are in New York. Sarah Sivian has some interesting comments from Rod Brindamore and proof of what had happened at the time in the 2015-16 season with the Carolina Hurricanes. And then the Flames play the Buffalo Sabres on Wednesday night. Jeff Ward is behind the bench as the associate coach of the Calgary Flames. And we can only expect that he's going to be promoted to interim head coach as things progress with Bill Peters and the Flames make a decision on his future. Ultimately, they'll probably fire him in the next couple of days. So as that is happening, as the game is happening, Bill Peters releases a statement to the Calgary Flames to the general manager, Brad Trilliving, and explains his side of the story to Sportsnet's Eric Francis in the form of a statement. And for what it's worth, it's somewhat of an apology from Bill Peters. So the reaction to that letter has been massive. People are outraged. People are outraged at how something like this could happen. They're outraged at his response. They're outraged at the timing of his response. It's an unforgivable act by many and no amount of apologizing would make up for something like this. I get that reaction. I get that it evokes some serious emotions. There's no place in the game for that word. There's no place in life for that word. I get that. This is where things get complicated because there is a discrepancy in Bill Peters' statement. TSN pointed out that he immediately returned to the dressing room to apologize to the team. That's what he said in his statement. And TSN's Frank Saravelli reported on Tuesday that he had met with Peters, that, that Akeem Alou had met with Peters after Captain Jake Dowell confronted the coach back then. Alou said Peters never apologized. That was what was reported on Tuesday. And in Peters' statement on Wednesday, he did not address or acknowledge the two physical altercations alleged to have occurred in Carolina in 2015 and 16 with Mikhail Jordan and that unnamed Canes player for what had occurred then. So I would assume that that has something to do with legal admission of guilt. Perhaps Peters was advised legally with how and what to say in his apology. But that discrepancy in his statement that Peters said that he apologized to the team, but Alou said that Peters never apologized. I think that's where some things are getting a little bit muddled. People are, you know, offended at that. At that, People are offended at the timing of his response. Why would he release it while his team is playing a game? 
Why did he choose that moment? There was always going to elicit a response in how he handled this situation. There was never a right way to handle this situation. People on social media and in life, it's black and white, but the life is gray and there are gray areas. And, and in this, you know, the, I'm not saying that what he said was right. 100% what he said was wrong, but I feel like people can't forgive people anymore. And there's no place in this world for forgiveness anymore. There's a cancel culture that I've talked about on this podcast. And if you don't agree with me, if you don't agree with the way I've done things, that, that that's it, that, that you should be fired and you should just go away. It was, it took a lot of guts probably for Bill Peters to come forward with this apology, to write this apology. He did probably get some legal advising or some advising of some type on how to handle this situation. There's some mixed emotions at, at the response of this apology. Understandably so, people don't know how to think about this. Or they do, and they have a very strong opinion about it, and that's it. And they don't want to hear his side of the story. And I think we need to hear more from Akeem Alou. I think that the NHLPA and the NHL are doing their due diligence in getting his side of the story legally, but I assume we haven't heard the last from him as well. After the break, I'll get into a little bit more about what happened on Wednesday night, the game. Actually, there was an actual game that happened on Wednesday night, but also how the Flames can move forward. And I want to touch a little bit on what happened in Carolina. All of that coming right up. Okay, so Akeem Alou released a statement on Thursday saying that he had read Bill Peters' statement and apology, and he said it he found it to be, quote, misleading, insincere, and concerning. He said that he has accepted an invitation from the NHL to meet and discuss the situation. Quote, out of respect for that process, I will not respond publicly to the statement or discuss the racism and discrimination that I have endured until after my meeting. Okay, so I think that part of the reason why Bill Peters didn't acknowledge Akeem Alou in his statement because of legal purposes. I'm sure that he was, like I said earlier in this podcast, I'm sure that he was advised not to mention Akeem Alou or mention what happened in Carolina. Both of those circumstances probably have some legal implications, I would assume. A little bit of us not knowing, us speculating, and when I say us, I mean members of the media, but also the public. There's a lot of gray area. There's a lot of questions that still need to be answered. And I think that we'll find out about those probably as the weeks progress. This isn't going to end tomorrow. This isn't going to end the next day. It's it's going to be a long and drawn out process. In the next coming days, the biggest thing for the Calgary Flames is to A, address the entire week what has gone on, B, make a decision on Calgary Flames head coach Bill Peters and his future. I think we'll see that in the next coming days. And C, perhaps make a statement about the allegations, uh, the physical allegations, because did the Flames know about what happened in Carolina with Bill Peters? And did they hire him anyway? Brad Living made a big splash, I think, when he hired Bill Peters and he, well, when he fired Glenn Gullitson and hired Bill Peters in saying that he had done his due diligence. He only hired or he only interviewed one person. So Bill Peters was the only person that he interviewed for this job. It wasn't the popular choice, he said, but it was a choice that he felt was going to take the team to the next level. I have a hard time believing 
believing that he didn't know about this. Um, but that being said, the organization has a lot of explaining to do and, and perhaps Brad Living has a lot of explaining to do to the organization and its owners. And really they have a responsibility to this fan base. A lot of questions here. I think a lot of repairs need to happen. Now I just tweeted about this and I think the game's biggest problem is that many turned blind eyes to this type of behavior. But I think that that type of physical abuse and mental abuse and the just the general thought of coaches having this this level of power over players and head coaches specifically they're on a different level it's that it's it's at all levels it's at the head coaching level in the NHL and it's at the you know head coaching level in the minor leagues as well and and these head coaches have this um, sense of power and whatever you want to call it old school kind of the way it always was that's how that's how they were brought up so that's the way that they learned how to become coaches and that's what they imparted on their players it's just it's wrong the way that players have been treated and I think all these stories are coming to light now and and the floodgates are opening so many people are sharing their stories now about coaches and the types of motivational techniques quote-unquote motivational techniques that they used to motivate their players and there's a lot on the line I get that there the the stakes are high at all levels from the player standpoint from the coaches standpoint the coaches are expected to win players are expected to perform and the coaches are there to motivate the players and however they try to do that I think is there's varying degrees of of those levels this is the game's biggest problem right now is that nobody saw this as a problem So Rod Brindamore comes out on Wednesday and basically admits that this situation in Carolina happened when he was an assistant coach under Bill Peters. He said it for sure happened. And then he went on to explain how the Carolina Hurricanes organization dealt with it. Um, They dealt with it immediately. They they dealt with it swiftly. Both players, there was one that was unnamed and there was one, Mikhail Jordan, who originally came out and, and explained the situation on social media. The Hurricanes dealt with the situation internally and it sounds like they moved forward past that it was during the 2015-16 season and then they they extended Bill Peters after that so a lot of questions there I know that Peter Cormanos the former owner of the Carolina Hurricanes came out and said that if he had known about it he would have been fired in a nanosecond easier said than done now after the fact but I do think that Rod Brindamore had some good points also he was talking about how how come it took took so long for Mikhail Jordan to come forward? How come it took players so long to come forward? And he said this. No, not because players are afraid to speak up. And, and to be honest with you, everybody under the, the coach, under the man, they are afraid to speak out, I think, at times because, you know, there's a big gap in, in the power structure on that. And I think the players have way more power now. And I think they realize that. And I think it's important for them to speak out on whatever they think is important, you know, because it, the times have changed. It's, it's you know, uh, they definitely have more power and they need to speak up. This is a real cry for change and it's going to be a bit of a reckoning, I think, we're going to see this in the next year or two. And this could be a defining moment, I think, in hockey's history. I don't want to call it a Me Too movement because it's so, so much different. But it's similar in the sense that the floodgates have opened. People feel that they can speak up. Players feel that they have a voice. 
and they can take a stand in how they're treated, it's really going to shift the way that coaches and players and the relationship goes between the two. I think you're going to see it at all levels, but especially the National Hockey League. After the break, I'll finally, finally get into the hockey portion of this podcast. I know it seems crazy. There's been so much going on off the ice for this group, but the Calgary Flames did play a hockey game on Wednesday against the Buffalo Sabres. They have a game on Saturday night against the Ottawa Senators. A lot can happen in between now and then. The Flames practice on Friday. I'll tee everything up after the break. All right, the good news, the good news portion of this podcast. The Flames beat the Buffalo Sabres 3-2 in overtime on Wednesday at Key Bank Center. Elias Lindholm scored the game winner on a backhand wraparound, which ended their road trip 2-1-1. It's pretty amazing when the actual hockey game is the least interesting part of the day, although the fact that the Flames actually won a game, it was a huge deal. They're now 12-12-4 and and are finally showing signs of playing the right way, although I don't know how much that can be directly correlated to the imminent departure of Bill Peters or if it was just coincidental, but on the ice. Things seem to be turning around. Obviously, it was something to focus their attention on. David Riddick made 34 saves, and the Flames allowed allowed the go-ahead goal early in the third period, but thanks to Matthew Kachuk's tying tally, just two minutes later, they were able to get things going in overtime. Kachuk and Brody each collected a pair of points, one marker and one helper apiece against the Sabres. TJ Brody coming back has also been undershadowed. It's been an interesting couple weeks for him undergoing tests after that scary episode on ice when he collapsed and started convulsing. He's back in action and he's been playing pretty well the last couple of games. Flames general manager Brad Schlewing is hoping to provide another update on the Peters investigation sometime on Thursday. We'll see how that plays out later. And in the meantime, Jeff Ward ran Calgary's bench in Buffalo. He had Martin Jelena as well as Craig Conroy, assistant general manager. That was actually the first time we saw, we've seen Craig Conroy on the bench behind the bench. We've seen him lots in a Flames jersey on the bench but we haven't seen him behind the bench before so kind of interesting and it's been a it was a weird road trip it was a crazy road trip actually for the Calgary Flames there was bad news in St. Louis when they were blown out by the defending Stanley Cup champions they had a players only meeting after that game a sixth straight loss and then they were stranded overnight because the charter plane was delayed on a previous stop they won in Philly they ended their six game slide a shootout win defenseman TJ Brody was also that was his first game back so good news there controversy struck in Pittsburgh, of course, with the Akimalu tweets and explosive allegations on Twitter. That has been the biggest story in the hockey world since, so the Flames have been sort of flying under the radar when it comes to their on ice, what's been going on with them on ice. So a lot has transpired while the Flames have been away on this four-game road trip. They're back in action on Saturday against the Ottawa Senators. They come to town and then they practice on Friday. It'll be interesting to hear what many players will have to say. It'll be interesting to see where things go from here. And while these are tense times in the Flames organization as GM Brad Treliving and owners decide what is the fate of Bill Peters and what's going to happen with that. I think there's positives to be taken in that associate coach Jeff Ward, assistant coach Martin Jelena and Brian Huska and the entire organization are trying to ensure that the distractions are minimal for this group on ice. Thanks again for joining me. I'm Kristen Anderson, your host of Locked on Flames. Please join me again soon while I recap and get you up to speed on what's happening with this ongoing and ever-changing situation in Calgary. Fuck me.